In this episode of Locked On Capitals, the Washington Capitals fall by a score of 3-2. to two. They lose it in overtime. story of this game is that the Washington Capitals were not getting enough shots on net. And then just truly the big gamble of head coach Andrew Burnett as he pulls his netminder with 3.09 in the third period while his team was only behind one goal. Let's talk about this game next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form on YouTube. So make sure and head on over and check that out. My name is Dan Homie. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Well, that is not the outcome that we were looking for tonight as the Washington Capitals fall to the Florida Panthers by a score of 3-2 to two in overtime. And this was one of the games that the Capitals led primarily the entire game until the third period when Coach Andrew Burnett tried to do a Hail Mary pass and pull his netminder with 3.09 in the third with only being down by one goal. And I got to say, rarely does something like that work. You know, I was watching this game and I was thinking to myself, you're only down by one goal. Do you want to be down by two goals? This will never work. Well, Andrew Burnett proved me wrong as the Florida Panthers defeated the Washington Capitals. Uh, Verhage wins it in overtime. And, uh, you know, that was was a frustrating moment, to, to be honest with you. This was a game that was a bit stifling to watch. It seems like the refs, We're calling almost every infraction on the ice. And you know, it's kind of a funny thing to say, but you can almost call too tight of a game. It is. It's the only way I can think to describe it is stifling. It just seems like there was either the penalty kill or power play going the entire game. And it kind of, you know, a better brand of hockey is to just kind of keep your whistle in your pocket and just kind of let the game be a little bit more loose and free flowing. You know, I know what you're going to say, but then are you know are people going to get injured because you're not calling hits? I'm not talking about that, but they don't got to call every single, you know, stupid play out there and just kind of make it stifling. You know, the big thing that they were trying to clamp down in the game tonight was the physicality. So if there was ever any, you know, fisticuffs or anything going on in the corner, boom, two of those guys to the box. You know, sometimes they would only pick one of the guys, the guys that was kind of the instigator. But it just seems like, you know, there was just zero tolerance for any kind of extracurricular physical activity. It was just all game. You two, the penalty box. And, uh, you know, like I say, it just kind of it was um, advantageous and it was against the uh, Washington Capitals for a good chunk of the game because they spent time in the box and they were also spending time on the power play. But the series going forward, if I could give you know them any advice, is to just kind of lay back a little bit. I understand what you're trying to do. You don't want to let the physicality of the games kind of dictate the play, but you can also kind of call too tight of a game. Kuznetsov in the third period, it was everything in our hands 
eventually that's how it is. We're going to play best of three right now. There is no panic. And you know, that's a, that's a good poker face. And that's a nice tough guy thing to say that it, there is no panic, but you know, to a certain extent, this is a Washington Capitals team that is going back to Florida. And I know that the Capitals have played better on the road this year, but it's the momentum that worries me a bit about this. And I know that statistically speaking, the Washington Capitals have played much better than the Florida Panthers. But, uh, you know, it's that momentum that worries me as they get their home advantage. Let's hope that the Capitals' record of playing well on the road continues. Ovechkin on the 3-2 to two overtime loss. I think third period we played well. We played solid, kind of turned around the game at the end. It was bad bounces, and it goes in. As I said, it's going to be a tough, long series, so move on. Forget about it. Move on. And as I spoke with Andrew Gillis on yesterday's podcast, I asked him what his prediction was for the series, and he thought it was going to go to Game 7. And i got to be honest, I think that it's going to as well. Um, I'd like to think that the Washington Capitals are going to be victorious in this case, and I really, I really hope that they are. I would say that the biggest issue that kind of held the Washington Capitals back tonight was, nope, not the physical game. I know you think that's where I'm going. Actually, they were pretty well dialed in physically. The shot attempts were 69-36 for the Florida Panthers through the end of regulation. So just taking a look at those numbers, they were not getting enough shots on net. What is the Achilles heel of Bobrovsky in the playoffs? It uh, It's getting peppered with a lot of shots. Uh, in in the playoffs. For whatever reason, he does a good job through the regular season, but in the playoffs, he struggles with it. So the Washington Capitals' key for success in the next game, game number five, is to keep peppering him with shots. I mean, and I, you know, they don't have to be great shots, but just get as many shots on net as you possibly can from every angle you possibly can. And then you're going to punch through sooner or later. Because let's face it, the Washington Capitals simply were not getting enough shots on net. And that's what they're going to have to do if they want to be victorious. Uh, Later in this episode, I'm going to talk about the play of Ilya Samsonov. Uh, Ilya Samsonov, I know that the Washington Capitals did get the loss tonight, but he did play well. We'll talk about that later. And then we'll talk about the road ahead for the Washington Capitals as they take on that Florida Panthers team back at home. But the game tonight, that is my big takeaway for it, is the refs calling too tight of a game. Yes, that is a thing. Uh, I think that if you watch the game tonight, you would agree that, you know, there was times in the game that you kind of drifted off a little bit. You know, it wasn't very engaging, especially since they're trying to grow the brand of NHL hockey in the U.S. and make it more enticing for a bigger audience. Uh, If you take a look at the NFL or even Major League Baseball, they get much better uh, ratings when it comes to these playoff-type series. So that's what I'm going to say. If you want to make it more exciting, some of the best hockey games that I've ever watched are the games where the refs kind of just let them play a little bit. I mean, I know that you got to call certain plays, but you don't got to be calling whistles on every single play to kind of try to make your stand that we're not going to allow for any extra you know, fisticuffs in the corner. That does not make for exciting hockey because let's face it, when you watch a hockey game, you kind of hope for a fight out there. You know, if everyone's playing a clean game the entire game, you know, that's great statistically, but kind of a bore to watch. And uh, so hopefully the Capitals can turn it around. They only have a couple days to do it. And I know, you know, that the series is, you know, it's not out of their hands right now, but it's just those things that kind of worry you that they had the lead and they gave it up. And uh, I've already kind of looked at different people on social media. And obviously, 
You know, they like to blame the netminder for everything. And I'm not going to blame Ilya Samsonov. He played very well, all things considered. I mean, you can't stop every single play out there, every single shot on you. So let's give it up for Ilya Samsonov. I still think that he played uh, a pretty good game there. All right, after the game here, or excuse me, after the break here, I'm going to break down the game, all the highlights and lowlights. But first, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fight, and even next season's NLF futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcasts. Nightly recap of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, in this next segment here, let's break down the game. What went right? What went wrong? I think that overall, the Capitals played a solid game, save except for they're not getting enough shots on net. So the game tonight, it was Samsonov versus Bobrovsky. I guess there's no real surprise there. Uh, Samsonov is the guy that's the hot hand, as they say. And I would imagine that he will be starting in the next game as well against Bobrovsky, who again is not a real surprise. But the thing about the game to start it off here is Wilson is out once again. And, uh, you know, Peach, uh, Coder P- uh, Peter Laviolette is not giving away uh, anything on the status of Tom Wilson. I think that probably he doesn't know what the status is or he cannot divulge it at this time. Caps coach Peter Laviolette on Tom Wilson's lower body injury. Right now, it still remains day-to-day with him. I understand that's not the answer that you guys want, but that's actually where it's at. And uh, we're hoping for a speedy recovery for Tom, from Tom Wilson um, as long as he can return because I've heard rumors out there that it's a knee injury. And uh, rarely are knee injuries, especially if it's a substantial injury, are those the kind that you can return from? But, you know, like I was talking uh, yesterday um, about that on the podcast is that, you know, if he is in fact out, say it is a substantial injury, wouldn't they just say, He's out for the season. I don't really see any advantage of saying, you know, he's day-to-day if, in fact, he isn't. So let's hope that that's really what it is, that Wilson is day-to-day. And then Hathaway, big hit behind the net, led to a great scoring opportunity. And that was one of the plays that got called on a penalty. But that was a great play by Garnet Hathaway as he made that big hit behind the net and then made a shot on net. He ended up getting called for a penalty on that. And then Ekblad Hathaway penalty for roughing. That was kind of the fisticuffs and the fighting behind the net there. And these are my game notes here. Refs calling a tight game on roughing. And uh, that's just to kind of reiterate what I was talking about earlier. That was the story of the game. They were blowing whistles and having two guys go to the penalty box the entire game. Ovi was leading by example. Big physical game hit on Sherratt. And uh, that's what I was talking about in this podcast earlier was the lack of physical game. But these last two games, they've really dialed up their physical game. And that's what you have to do. And why do you have to do that is because that is kind of fighting fire with fire. 
that uh, Florida Panthers team is coming uh, at the Washington Capitals with everything they've got. They have to do the same thing in return. Dowd gets hit up high. He's bleeding from his mouth. And that was one of the moments that I was a bit concerned. I was hoping that that wasn't anything more serious as than it was. John Carlson shoots and Oshie deflects. It's one to nothing Caps. The Caps get, are the first to get on the board. Oshie's 31st career playoff goal. TJ Oshie scores his third goal of the playoffs to give the Caps a one to nothing lead. That's his 15th playoff power play goal as a capital. The second most in franchise history other than Alex Ovechkin with 28. So just a great play by TJ Oshie. And it just really seems that uh, he is playing much better as we go into the playoffs here. You know, that uh, TJ Oshie has a really high um, hockey IQ. You just see him making these great plays all the time out there. The Capitals have converted on five of their 14 power play opportunities this uh, series, which is a 35.7% uh, success rate on that. So, you know, like I say, statistically, the Capitals are doing very well in this series. I know that uh, they do have the two losses in the series. And like, you know, Kuznetsov and um, Ovechkin said, you got to kind of brush it off your shoulders and not dwell on it. Um, otherwise, it's just going to kind of swallow you up and you will be uh, done in this series. John Carlson and Nick Backstrom were credited with assists on Oshie's goal. Carlson has tied Dale Hunter 72 for the third most playoff points in franchise history. Backstrom leads the Capitals with five points this series, one goal, four assists, recording a point in each game. And in this game, we'll talk a little bit more about Sam Sonoff's play, but Sam Sonoff is tracking the puck well in the first. It seems like he was seeing the puck well. He was making the stops when he needed to make the stops. If you take a look at his record for this game, he made 29 saves on 32 shots. So you really can't ask for a whole lot more. Uh, from Ilya Samsonov than that. Reinhardt nearly hit into the bench by Farivari. So that's another one. Farivari out there, Hathaway, Ovechkin, they're all getting the big hits in there. Mantha got hit up high by Huberdeau, and they both got a penalty. Refs calling a tight game. That's in my notes again. So that's another example. Someone gets hit to you, to the box. They weren't. They were never calling one guy to the box in any of these, uh, these fights or these mix-ups in the corner. And then it's a two-on-one uh, Panthers Ekblad to Verhage with the equalizer. One-to-one. It was a bad read by the cap. Sam Sonoff did not read the play well. So, you know, that's one of the things that I will say was an issue in that particular one was Sam Sonoff. It didn't seem like he did see the play. It, did, it seems like he didn't uh, kind of anticipate what, what was going to happen. The Panthers are turning up the pressure late in the first. Schultz breakaway opportunity out of the box broken up by Huberto. That's what I'm talking about, too, is that there was players out on the ice tonight where they got the puck, and it almost seems like they did not know what to do with it. And I understand that Schultz uh, is a defenseman out there, but he, in Faravari earlier in the game, Schultz got the, the puck, and he had a breakaway towards the net, and he acted like he did not know what to do with it. Now, I do know what happened in the play that Huberdo broke it up, but it just seems like sometimes these defensemen, when they get up the puck, it just seems like they're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do with this thing? So it's one to one after one shots, 11 to seven Panthers uh, to end the first period. And that was just, you know, kind of what I've talked about. They need to get more shots on net. Both teams spending a lot of time in the box shot 17 to eight Panthers with 923 in the second guys that don't know what to do with the puck Schultz and Faravari. 
you know, I know, like I say, those are two defensemen, but I think that, you know, if you're playing in the NHL, you're going to have to know how to make a shot on net. It seems like they did not know what to do. Refs calling the game a little too tight. Caps power play one for three so far. Caps no shots on goal by four in a, by a forward at 519 in the period. See, that's what I'm talking about. And uh, I don't know if it's just because the defense was so stifling by the Panthers or what the case was, but the Capitals were just not getting enough shots on net. Carlson gets hit with a puck and is bleeding. And he's another one that got hit in the face. He had to get his uh, chin, it looked like, kind of uh, glued up there as it was kind of gashed open there. The Caps power play is one for five. Uh, that's my notes at the end of the second period. To start the third, the shots are 24-12 on goal with 11-25 in the third. Caps five shots on goal since the start of the second. So only five shots on goal to start the third period. So they had no shots between the beginning of the second and the beginning of the third. There is a problem with that, and that is going to be something that needs to be addressed. Oshie lays Bennett out, which leads to the Kuznetsov goal. Just a really great play at mid-ice. And uh, that was a physical game, and that was, again, on display. Oshie's high uh, hockey IQ as he just kind of eliminates um, him Bennett from the play. Sharp angle left side of the net. Great shot by Kuzi. Evgeny Kuznetsov gives the Capitals a 2-1 to lead with his second goal of the series. Both of Kuznetsov's goals have come in the third period of games, also game one at Florida. Alex Ovechkin recorded the primary assist on Kuznetsov's goal, his fourth assist of the series, and his fifth point, one goal, four assists of the games. Ovechkin has recorded 50 points, 26 goals, 24 assists in the last 48 playoff games, dating back to the start of the 2018 Stanley Cup. So like I talked about this season, it's just a series of in a season of just milestones peeling off one after the other, after the other, after the other, and uh, just a really great time in NHL and the Washington Capitals history, and just a really good time to watch the Capitals. You know, uh, just like I say, it's a milestone every night. And then that was what I was talking about. Empty net by Florida with 3.09 in the third. And was anyone else at home looking at that and going, what are you doing, Andrew Burnett? Are you nuts? You know, I know that that's in vogue right now to pull your net minder with a bunch of time left. But in this case, the Capitol, or excuse me, the Florida Panthers were only down by one goal. That ha- could have gone bad for them in so many different ways. Uh, there was a shot a down ice that missed an empty net, and then they would have been down by two goals. But in any case, Andrew Burnett looks like a genius tonight as it pays off as the Florida Panthers defeat the Washington Capitals. Empty net worked. Florida, Reinhardt with the equalizer. And that ends regulation to start overtime. Verhage wins it. Overtime goal. Challenged for goalie interference, but to no avail. The Florida Panthers win 3-2 to two as the series heads back to FLA, as they say, or Florida. We are hoping that the Washington Capitals' luck on the road continues because, you know, They had the momentum going at home, and it would have been really great for the Capitals to end this homestand with a victory. And for a lion's share of the game, they were ahead. It was just some kind of, you know, luck. Let's just call it luck for the Florida Panthers, as that ended up paying off for them. That pulling your netminder early generally doesn't pay off. All right, after the break here, I am going to talk about the play of Ilya Samsonov and the road ahead. But first... 
All right. In this segment, we are going to talk about the play of Ilya Samsonov, you know, and I know that there's a lot of people that said, Dan, he cannot be playing that well. But Ilya Samsonov really kind of kept the Washington Capitals in this game for the lion's share of the game. Ilya Samsonov made 29 saves on 32 shots, and you really can't ask for a whole lot more from Ilya Samsonov. And I know there's people out there that are going to say something like, you got to go back to Vitek Vanacek. Why aren't you going with Vitek Vanacek? Well, here's the thing. You can't keep going back and forth and back and forth between your netminders. You got a pretty decent performance by Ilya Samsonov tonight. And if you look at statistically speaking, Ilya Samsonov is the better netminder. Ilya Samsonov kept this Washington Capitals team in the game the entire game. So to go back to Vanacek at this point, which I hear a lot of people on social media saying, you got to go back to Vanacek already. The game has just been done for a short period of time as I record this in the evening after the game that they already want to go back to Vanacek because the Capitals got a loss. I don't know if a lot of people don't know how hockey works, but you know, a netminder cannot stop the puck 100% of the time. And uh, like I say, if you look at statistically, Ilya Samsonov is the better netminder. He has a better physicality and he has just a better pedigree. You know, there's a reason that this Washington Capitals team is so high on Ilya Samsonov is just because he can, he's, he has, like I say, better physicality and his record kind of proves it. Um, but if you want to take a look at both netminders, like I talked about yesterday with Andrew Gillis, is that you got to say something for this netminding tandem in general. You do not get a hundred, a hundred points by having poor netminding. A hundred points, that's not too bad. And it uh, got the Washington Capitals to the playoffs. I mean, let's be honest, if the netminding was that bad, they would be setting up tea time right now. And a lot, you know, uh, Ovechkin and uh, Kuznetsov would probably be uh, back in Russia by now. But that's not the case. They did get the net minding when they needed it. Now, it's not ideal to have net minding where you got to kind of piecemeal it together. But I think that the Washington Capitals in this playoff series need to be all in on Ilya Samsonov. Because what you do if you keep vacillating between one, one netminder to the other is you end up kind of shattering their confidence. Now, there is a caveat in this case. If Ilya Samsonov does play poor, well, then of course you're going to pull him and uh, go with Vitek Vanacek. But in this case, you got to kind of stick with a steady hand. And uh, if you just look at on... Um, how they played tonight, how Ilya Samsonov played tonight. He kept the Washington Capitals in the game. This isn't Ilya Samsonov's fault that the Capitals lost. The biggest problem was that they were not getting enough shots on net. And that's what the Capitals need to do is continue to get shots on net and just be all in on Ilya Samsonov because let's face it, he kept him in there. He kept it competitive. And the like I say, the Washington Capitals just did not do enough to, to help them win the game. And to be honest with you, the Capitals should have won this game. The Florida Panthers got lucky late in the game. That's what it is. Let's call it what it is, luck. Andrew Burnett threw a Hail Mary pass down the field, and he ended up connecting with a wide receiver and touchdown. That's what happened. That's all it is. Because like I say, he could have pulled his netminder early, being down by one goal, and they could have lost by two goals. So, I mean, it is. It it's luck. Don't look at it any other way. Don't leave into anything else. That's what happened. All right. I have to mention one thing in this podcast, too, is our old coach friend, Barry Trotz, was fired 
by the New York Islanders into, you know, I, this, I know that this is a Washington Capitals podcast, but he was the head coach of the Washington Capitals as they won the Stanley Cup in 2018. And the thing that I'm thinking to myself is what in the heck are you thinking New York Islanders by firing Barry Trotz? You know, I just think that it's one of those things that Lou Lamarillo, that's what he looks at it. He's just like, well, my team did not perform at this level. I'm going to I'm going to get the head coach out of here. Just take Barry Trotz's record, which is great, by the way. Take a look at his record, the work that he did with the Capitals, with the Predators and, and the Islanders. Just take a look at his record. He has a pedigree of winning. And I ultimately think that the New York Islanders loss is going to be another team's gain. There are already teams that are lining up to sign up for his services. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up going back to Winnipeg. Uh, he is from that area. And wouldn't that be an interesting twist for that Winnipeg Jets team? A team that really sort of struggled this season. But if there's one thing we know about Barry Trotz is that he can dial in a really great game. And, uh, you know, I just, I got to kind of just give a moment for Barry Trotz because to be honest with you, he holds a special place in my heart being a Washington Capitals fan, I just admire a lot of the different things that he did for this team. And let's never, ever forget the contributions of Barry Trotz and what he did for this team as he took this team that struggled for years um, and toiled. And, you know, Alex Ovechkin toiled for many years, hoping to go to the Stanley Cup, only to be eliminated in round one or two for many years. Barry Trotz, was the guy pushing the button and pulling the strings as the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup and defeated the Golden Knights in 2018. Like I say, their loss, the New York Islanders' loss, is Barry Trotz gain. You know, for I mean, he could retire if he wanted to, but there are so many teams out there right now that are looking for head coaches. I don't think he'll be on the open market for long. Now, I know I don't know how his contract is written, if he has to wait for free agency or how that works, but I just know that the coaching carousel in the NHL continues. Um, there's also rumors about a former uh, Washington Capitals coach, um, Gabby, Bruce Boudreau, where is he going to end up? Um, it seems like he will end up in Vancouver, but then again, he might not either. So there you have two veteran coaches that are going to be kind of, you know, it's undetermined where they're going to end up. There are so many teams that are looking for good head coaches, uh, just Barry Trotz in particular. Like I said, Winnipeg is definitely one spot. I would also say that another team is the Philadelphia Flyers. And another one that's a little bit more provocative is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Are they going to part with their coach if they make an early exit? You know, I know that uh, playing in Toronto and being a head coach in Toronto is a bit of a pressure cooker. They love hockey in Toronto and they love hockey in Canada, period. You know, I talked about that in this podcast before, too. You know, the Florida Panthers, for example, they have a great turnout um, at these games. But, you know, that's because they're in the playoffs right now. But I am, you know, I've watched the Capitals for many, many seasons and uh, I've seen them play in Florida before in Sunrise. And I have seen that uh, arena near empty. So you got to give it to those Canadian teams. There are some Canadian teams that aren't that great this last year. The Jets were kind of poor. Um, the Vancouver Canucks, you know, they kind of were doing better towards the end of the season. But you got to give it to those Canadian teams that no matter how they play, they always have a nearly full arena. They love hockey up in Canada. And guess what I'm trying to say here is Barry Trotz has a home pretty much anywhere he wants. The world is his oyster. 
Um, and to be honest with you, that uh, uh, New York Islanders team was a bit of a dumpster fire this year and is probably going to be for the f- next coming years. It seems like they made some questionable moves by picking up Char, who's old, by going all in on Zach Parise, another aging guy. So, you know, probably the best case scenario for Barry Trotz anyway to move on to a team where he has a potential of doing better. Now, I know what you're saying. The uh, Winnipeg Jets, that's not a better team. Yeah, but we don't know the moves that they're going to make if they end up signing him between now and the beginning of the season. So it is going to be something that I'm going to be watching closely. I'm just very fascinated uh, by the fact that the New York Islanders were willing to part with Barry Trotz after having a rough season. Forget the fact that he had taken them to the playoffs. If you take a look at this New York Islanders team, and I know, you know, probably a lot of you don't follow, you know, all the teams in hockey, but if you don't know, the New York Islanders really had a lot of hurdles placed in front of them this season, more than most. They had a lot of issues with COVID. There was a lot of uh, their players that were in COVID protocol. There was a lot of games that they had that were rescheduled or canceled altogether. So to put all that blame on Barry Trott's shoulders just seems very unfair to me. And uh, I hope he ends up landing on his feet. I know that he will. I just hope that he lands on a team that is that has a chance of winning. You know, And if you take a look at the Jets and the Flyers, those are two teams that are probably facing a rebuild. You know, I think that his best shot of having any sort of success uh, would be with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, if they end up uh, moving on from their head coach. This is all the rumor mill, mind you, so don't at me on Twitter going, they still have a head coach. I get it. But sometimes in these examples, if you find out that there's a better alternative, you'll be willing to part with your uh, current head coach in favor of a coach that is a proven commodity in the form of Barry Trotz. All right, this has been the Locked On Capitals podcast. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. And I don't normally talk about a lot of other NHL teams, but I thought that this was some pretty big news. And uh, I wanted to, you know, kind of recognize Barry Trotz and kind of, you know, tip my hat to him and just say, Caps Nation, let's never forget his contributions that he made with this team. He came in here. He changed the culture of this team. And he got him a Stanley Cup. And that should never get overlooked And uh, that's why he will always hold a fond place in my Capitals heart. Once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Now make your second listen. Locked On NHL from the first round matchups to each Stanley Cup play. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from our local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So Caps Nation, here's the thing. Just all get together now and think about this. It's going to be okay. I know it's the the negative road is the easy one to take, and I take it oftentimes myself. But when I look at this team and their pedigree of winning and how they've won the two games in this series so far, don't get down in the dumps because they lost this game. Because it wasn't this big statement, decisive loss. The Capitals for a lion's share of this game played excellent. Think about that. Dwell on that. Don't think about the loss. I know that that's an easy thing to do that, you know, they lost and this ship is going down and oh my God, the window's closing for Ovechkin and Backstrom. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know, I I can't guarantee you that the Capitals are going to win this series, but I have a pretty good feeling that they will. Just based on statistics alone, get the, the stats on the team. And the players that they have, they are the ones that have the veterans. They're the ones that have the pedigree of winning. This Florida Panthers team is still an unproven commodity. 
and they still have their Achilles heel, their Achilles heel in net and their Achilles heel that they can't stop fighting and their Achilles heel is defense. That's where the Washington Capitals have to capitalize. All right. I'm sorry to belabor this episode, but once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'll talk to you tomorrow.